right, welcome to another episode of Badass Banking. Today's a special day for me because I get to spend some time with Patrick Sells again. You're one of the first two-timers on this show, which is exciting. And joining you today is Zen, uh, I'll, I'll have to edit this. Joining us today also with Patrick is Zen Zhao. Yen Zhao. Yen Zhao. Yen Zhao. <laughs> We're going to cut. We're going to start that over again. Hold on a second. Hold on. Welcome to another episode of Badass Banking. It's a special day because I'm with Patrick Sells once again. He's with Nidig and he's joined today with Yen Zhao. We're very excited about that. She's the president of Nidig and Patrick is heading their bank solutions, whatever the heck that means. How are you both doing today? Uh, doing well, Brian. Oh, sorry. And glad to be back on again. Thank you. Uh, though I may have to convince you to change the name of your show from Badass Banking to Badass Bitcoin. Badass Bitcoin. That is now a spinoff. I've <laughs> been uh, given licensing from Patrick for that for a dollar, which is exciting. We gotta, I should have like had a logo just pop in right there. That would have been great. So you guys are both in New York. I know, Patrick, you, uh, you're new to the company. So congratulations. Uh, and also congratulations to the move-in deal. I saw that today. You're going to be offering uh, the opportunity for move-in and NIDIG to provide Bitcoin capabilities to digital banks, which is pretty darn exciting. Why don't we start off with a little background on the, uh, on the company? Um, do, you want, do you want to, who would like to start on that? I, I, I can kick it off. Um, All right, so kick it off. Yeah, thanks. So first, um, thank you so much for having me on, on the podcast. So I would say this is my first ever podcast, and I'm so delighted to be doing it with you. This is, well, this is, it, it's downhill from here. <laughs> That's what I told Patrick. I thought we should just work our way up. But, you know, he said, if you're going to start with one, you might as well start with the best. So here we here we are. Um, so re really glad to be here. Um, uh, let me tell you a little bit about the background of, of NIDIG and how we got started. And I think it informs a lot of why we want to pursue the path of bank solutions that, that we want to pursue. Uh, and apologize for construction noise in the background. I obviously live in Manhattan. Um, it's very loud here. So uh, I think the story really all started in 2012. Um, I was one of the co-founders of the parent company of NIDIG. Uh, it's called, a company called Stone Ridge. And the big idea behind Stone Ridge was really a financial services firm dedicated to the mission of financial security for all, which I think is, um, you know, a really great mission and one of the things that drew me to the company. Um, and it started with the asset management side of our business, which was really focused on providing access to alternative asset classes um, that were never accessible to people before. Uh, but then we were able to put it into 40 act funds and make it much, much more available and easy to buy. So asset classes like reinsurance and alternative lending and um, uh, option selling. Uh, so that's still our biggest business today um, and still providing access um, to these asset classes. In 2016-17, uh, one of the things that we, we started looking at was actually buying Bitcoin for our own balance sheet. We've always... In, really, really believed in Bitcoin, especially our CEO, Ross Stevens, and the current CEO of NIDIG, Robbie Gutman. Um, Robbie was one of those people who actually bought Bitcoin on Craigslist in a street corner in New York um, in 2014. So uh, really a believer. And, and so we said, you know what, we should, we should put our money where our mouth is and, and invest in some Bitcoin. 
And so we went out into the market to look for vendors that can support the level of regulatory and audit standards that we needed as an uh, as, as, as a uh, financial services company in New York, and we just couldn't find anything. Um, so it, rather than not investing in something that we strongly believed in, we built it ourselves. And so that's really where NIDA came from, um, really building things that we wanted to use ourselves. And then realizing that, sure, in 2017, maybe we're a bit early, but over time, we believe that institutions and other players will come into the space and need the solutions that we built for ourselves. And so we um, created NIDIG and raised outside funding to start uh, putting this vision into reality. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think about a lot, you know, I'm not a, uh, an early adopter of technology the way my, my co-founders are. I'm solidly, you know, third generation of iPhone, not the first generation of iPhone kind of a person. But I think something that's really important for the broader acceptance of something like Bitcoin is to make it much more easily accessible and through trusted partners. And so that's really why we are so focused on this bank solutions um, aspect that, that Patrick can talk more about. And, and that makes perfect sense. And I know Patrick, you're gonna give us a little uh, tutorial on Bitcoin 101 because a lot of the people out there that are watching this uh, need to learn more about it, including me. Um, by the way, what is the price of Bitcoin today? Is it right around 29.8 or is it just over 30? Big fluctuation last, yesterday. Last I checked, it's 33.5. Okay. So a 10% bounce this morning then. I use Bitcoin as a hedge. That's how I view it. And, and to me, it's a diversified portfolio solution. Um, it, you know, it's pretty simple with regards to that. So Patrick, tell me a little about uh, Bitcoin and why you're so bullish on it. Yeah, so I think Ian and I have kind of share this in common about our own personal stories with Bitcoin. Uh, for me, it really started about three or four years ago. And when I first heard about it, I really kind of wrote it off or thought it was, you know, I didn't understand it. And I think as I really spent time trying to understand what is Bitcoin, um, and even almost kind of philosophically, like, what is money? And how do I think about money? This is where I, I personally came to a point where I realized that Bitcoin is the most beautiful form of money I had ever encountered. And so as I studied it, I realized there's a couple of key characteristics that make up this idea of money. And um, one of them is how hard or soft the money is. And so, you know, what that speaks to is how, e the, how easy is the supply um, expanded or not. And so Bitcoin, there can only ever be 21 million. So it's to me, the first form of money that truly had a finite supply. So it's a very hard type of money. Whereas there's other kinds of money like soft. And I think, you know, to your point, Brian, about, um, oops, to your point about uh, inflation, you know, you look at the United States, 35% of all dollars ever in existence have been printed in the last six months. That points to a very soft type of money and how easy it is for it to be devalued. I think one of the other things that stands out to me uh, that I would call out is um, how easy is it to um, use, if you will, to, or the saleability of it. And so you often hear Bitcoin referred to as like digital gold, for example. And I think there's a lot of value, a lot of uh, validity to that analogy, but I also see some shortcomings, right? Like if I had a gold coin, I can't easily give that to you, Brian, right? Or I can't send that somewhere else around the world. Um, I would be more than happy to accept it if you want to send me one to try. You'd rather accept Bitcoin though. Um, you know, and so you look at Bitcoin, each Bitcoin's divisible by 100,000 units. 
Yep. That's a lot, right? And I think some people don't understand that. You know, well, I can't afford a Bitcoin. You don't need to. You can just buy a small piece of Bitcoin and it's easy to get. Um, also, you know, gold is not as easy to get. Like you can't just log into your phone and buy gold, you know, like you can with Bitcoin. So Bitcoin 101 to me, it is a store of value. Um, it's a beautiful store of value because of uh, those characteristics I talked about. And then I think Ian hit on a really important point in that personally really wanting to see Bitcoin be made more accessible. Mm -hmm. And how can we do that, right? I think there's work, you know, it's the on-ramp is what it's referred to, like getting set up hasn't been historically easy. And I think through the partnership movement, like we talked about and other banks, we can really make the on-ramp seamless mm -hmm. and also make it accessible. You know, you can earn it in the form, get paid interest on a money market in the form of Bitcoin. And now you don't have to maybe speculate your money or you're nervous about that, right? Or earn it in the rewards on a credit card. Um, so as I got to know it, right, I just fell in love with this form of beautiful money. I view it as a, also as a universal currency, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good way to use it. I've got a lot of friends overseas, especially in the uh, uh, Pacific Asian rim. I mean, that's, that's what they're buying and selling with, especially with people here in the States. And, right. and and they love it you know they're they, they've made it complicated for me because they're trying to explain to me how their wallets function but that's part of the challenge i think it's a great move that you guys are partnering with um with moving i would assume you'll be looking at uh companies like nimbus some of the 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 cloud-based cores i think are where you're probably your best opportunities are going to lie they're going to have the most uh flexibility in architecture and probably the strongest desire and they're all now moving towards finding ways to support challenger banks. And challenger banks are not just these neobanks that are emerging from nowhere. They're banks that are reinventing a challenger offer as a channel strategy almost. You know, they're right. trying to take their mobile banking experience to another level. They're doing what Quantic is, is doing, right? They're focusing on specific niches. Now right. you guys are in a, um, let's go back to Zen. You're, you're a, or Yen, you're, you're focusing on expansion, I guess, dramatically. Are you doing a lot of hiring right now? Yes, we absolutely are. So, you know, we've built our business in the last three years through the crypto winter, and we've built it with an incredible team. Uh, we have about 60 people at this point. Uh, but when we look ahead to the opportunities that are available and the potential integration partners, and I'll make the point that we, we definitely want to and, and look forward to working with the uh, new sort of cloud-based uh, players like Nimbus and, and others. But also we think that actually a lot of the pieces of our technology are going to be really to, really easy to integrate, um, like rewards, like interest. Actually, a lot of those pieces are actually quite easy to integrate. And we don't want to just support challengers. We think there's a lot of opportunity for traditional banks as well, but to do each of these integrations and to um, really create uh, a technology first player that's easy to work with. Um, that requires a lot of hiring, a lot of wonderful engineers and product managers and um, you know, world-class salespeople and things like that. So yes, we're definitely hiring. Patrick, make sure you give me a, a link to your career page. I'll, I'll put it on the, uh, in the description below. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we do need talent, especially that those people who are working at fintechs or banks and understand it and see it, right? Like um, we need as many people as possible. And I think Yen made a really great point. Um, we just finished up some consumer research that shows that um, over 80% of Americans who own Bitcoin today would rather custody it at their banks, right? So there's over 46 million Americans 
that's pretty startling. Um, and 86% want to buy it through their bank. And so, as you know, Brian, coming, you know, as a former banker, um, two things about this really stood out to me that I was excited about is as a bank, oftentimes the last couple of years, and we wanted to catch up with the fintechs or the challenger banks, we had to buy technology that was only a cost to banks, right? And it wasn't necessarily revenue generating. And what Bitcoin and banking represents is just that a meaningful amount of non-interest income that banks can start to earn. Um, and also your customers are, are begging you. They want to come do this with the banks. Like, yes, the digital banks and the challenger banks can easily adopt this and I think bring it to market, which is great. But I can't help but be proud for bankers that like the, your customers want you here, helping them understand and manage this asset class and the regulators also want innovation. They've cleared the path, yes. right? Yep. And so what a great time for bank to be a bank and to be to step up and play in the world of Bitcoin plus banking, as I like to say. Did you see that tweet last week from Charles Schwab? The one where, um, I think it came from Charles Schwab. The number one term searched for on the Charles Schwab site was Bitcoin. Yeah. Now, now let's, let's, you know, it could have been because of the hype, right? Everything that was going on with Bitcoin last week, but there is a profound interest in it as a currency and conceivably as a hedge against risk in the market. Um, so it's, it's, it's a force to be reckoned with. You know, some people think it's a, it's a fad and it's going to go away. It, I just don't see it. I see it lasting. This is going to be a, a new form of currency by which we conduct business. And it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate currency. Well, and just like, you know, you store your money in stocks or bonds or gold or various types of assets. I think that's where Bitcoin really shines, as we talked about earlier. It's such an easy and accessible way to store value, right? And I do think, you know, you look over the last several years, just the adoption curve, right? It's very similar to all technology and the adoption curve on it. And you are right. Something's different, I think, in the water um, as we all have gotten more comfortable with it as a technology. But then I think you hit on a really key point that I know many in the banking world are thinking about, which is inflation. And I think the, the combination of those things is really driving um, a very different approach and willingness to quickly get into Bitcoin. If, if people want to get a copy of the research you have, how would they, how would they get it from you? Uh, we were, we're going to publish it on our website here shortly. Um, also, we'll be posting it on LinkedIn and Twitter and social media. Um, but the, the website would be the easiest place to get it. And we also have a great research division. Um, and you can sign up for a weekly newsletter uh, if you just want to stay like aware. Like we just published something today about you know what's gone on in the last 24 hours, for example. Yeah, I think that's important. Again, I, you know, I think the educational component about it is important. I know as you're developing the product, that's something you're really having to think about. Um, one of the, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a square guy. I use Square Cash all the time. Um, now, I've not bought Bitcoin through it. But one thing that they have done in the app is they've provided an educational resource that's organic to the app, which I think it's fantastic. It's beyond just an FAQ. It offers some interactivity in there. So if you have a question, you're able to talk to somebody right there through the app. To better understand it so that's as this continues to emerge and it's an emerging currency and it's an emerging technology i think that educational component is important so what's next for you guys 
Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have, we have a lot on the plate on just playing on your education point for a second. Actually, that is a big part of, I think what we want to continue doing. And part of, you know, what's interesting about Stone Ridge is since we've, we've been founded, we had a very strict no press policy. Mm -hmm. And for our asset management part of our business, we, we also have a strict no press policy. But for NIDIG, we consciously made the decision a few months ago to have a press policy. And the reason is because you're exactly right, this education component is so important. I think in the early days of any technology, people get really hung up on, well, exactly how does this technology work and the bits and the bytes and all of that. But really over time, you don't need to know that. You don't need to know how blockchain works. You don't need to know how the internet works. You just need to understand the benefits and why it's, it's something that a lot of people and a lot of institutions at this point are so passionate about and so devoted to. To. And so I think that's a part, big part of um, what we're looking at, educating consumers, educating um, institutions, and educating um, consumers through our partners that, that we're going to work with. The other part of it is um, continuing to expand our, our platform solution. So we think that financial services institutions um, like banks, but there's also a lot of wealth management companies, wealth management tech. You mentioned Schwab. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of areas where uh, Bitcoin can be made much more accessible through partners that people, again, people trust and make it um, a, something that you don't have to think about, shoot, how do I get this? Do I need to research Coinbase or how safe is it or et cetera? Just click a button and you get it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a financial advocate and we know that this is a financial tool in essence, uh, you better find a way to educate people about it. Even if you're not offering the ability to buy or manage it. If you're right. a bank or credit union, you should be providing content around this, you know, with the, the, the conceptual or, or the conceivable reward and, and, and risk, right? So people understand it com comprehensively. Yeah, well, there's a big burden on us, education and compliance. Uh, that's one of the things we've been very focused on is a compliant framework and architecture for this. But in terms of what next, obviously, there's a lot we want to get done that is exciting. But I think... Uh, Probably one of the most important things, the things I'm excited about, you know, Brian, I love culture and being a part of a team and for no, us, not, not you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, um, you know, we're about 60, 70 employees right now on our way to hundreds. And I think watching that come together and to get to be a part of a team of people who really are sitting at the nexus of finance, fintech and crypto is going to be really exciting here and in the, across the world. And so you know, just, I think, watching the team come together and seeing people come join us is something I'm personally very excited about. Well, it's going to be fun to watch you guys kind of take off. I mean, I, obviously, I'm a big fan of yours, Patrick. And, uh, you know, um, Yen, is great meeting you, too. I, I'm, you picked a good guy there. There's no doubt about it. And it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, any last words? Any other final thoughts? No, I think, uh, oh, well, you know, in the words of our uh, founder and chairman, Ross Stevens, one of the things he says that I think is so important is regardless of your belief or view or understanding of Bitcoin, having a 0% exposure isn't, like, you need to have at least 1%, right? Like, and I think also just personally is when you see new technologies, what we can't do is back away from them, right? Because we become out, we lose touch. And right. so what is it, you know, just encourage people to explore it, get to learn it and have some type of exposure to it. Besides that, Brian, I really appreciate uh, our friendship and you having us on this show and look forward to seeing the sister uh, show of Badass Bitcoin come out. Oh, you know, it's going to happen now. 
and, and one last thought on that that I have, you know, as you brought it up, the, the ability to tiptoe into it for the average consumer through your checking reward concept, that's a fantastic way to do it, right? I mean, that's, I, I don't want, I don't like to use the term free money, but reward, because rewards are recognition, you've earned them. But, but that's a low risk way in my mind to get into the Bitcoin space and to educate yourself and to understand how it works. Absolutely. I think in particular, a Bitcoin rewards credit card program is something I'm very excited to be able to launch. If anyone out there wants to talk, let's talk because here's a reward that can appreciate in value, right? Like I was earning Bitcoin rewards three months ago. It's got, now it's up to like seven and a half percent instead of the one and a half percent I got back. And so you think about a credit card, I'm, I'm borrowing money to go pay something and I'm getting something that could appreciate to help me then pay off my debts. Yeah. That's a powerful cycle, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, a lot of exciting new and new ways you can do it. Listen, I appreciate your time today. Again, I know you guys are going to take off, and I wish you the best of luck. We'll we'll certainly stay uh, connected, and I'd like to have you guys on again in uh, ninety days. I want to hear more about what you're doing with uh, the Movens and the Nimbuses of the world. Awesome, thanks, Brian. Thank you so much.